This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation, whose mission it is to help people find hope after loss. Well, good morning uh, from California, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. How are you? Good. And noon in uh, New York, right? It is. It's a cold noon day in Manhattan. Oh. Yep. And I'm excited to have our guest on today. Yeah, because our guest is from Back East, too, and he, he's going to be great. But before we introduce Ron, I want to talk about the Compassionate Friends National Conference, because it's going to be over July 4th weekend, and it's not too late to sign up for it. And there are going to be some great keynotes, Heidi. One of them is going to be Gordon Smith, who's a two-time, uh, two-term U.S. Senator and now President and CEO of National Association of Broadcasters. And uh, I believe Gordon's son died by suicide, and uh, he's very involved with suicide prevention. So he's going to come on, uh, be the keynote speaker at Compassionate Friends. And then Maria Houston. And we know Maria. We had her on for Hannah's Gift, right, Heidi? You know Maria. Oh, that's right. Yes, she's fabulous. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's going to be there. And Kathy Reed, whose 19-year-old stepdaughter was killed at Virginia Tech shooting, she's going to be there. And all these people are going to talk about the lessons that they've learned from tragedy and the things that they've gone on to do. So uh, it's going to be great. And Helen Fitzgerald, she's a bereaved mom uh, of a grieving teen, and she's set up a program uh, for over 23 years in Virginia where she works exclusively with uh, mental health services. So these people have gone on to do great things, and I think they'll be an inspiration to you. And plus, isn't the conference amazing, Heidi? Yes, I love it. And it's interesting because you go to the conference, and we've been going for years and years, and uh, you meet all these incredible people. And the thing that's interesting is you have no idea where they live or what they do. And you don't care. The only thing you really know about them is who in their lives died and how they've gone on to find hope or where they are in the grief process. Some people are newly bereaved and they're there to get support and some people are there to give support. And you feel a a direct, a connect, a bond with these people immediately because you know you've all been through the same thing as soon as you see them. So I think uh, it starts on July 2nd, and it's in Arlington, Virginia. So you can go to the Compassionate Friends website to sign up, and Heidi and I will be presenting, and we for sure hope to see you there. Well, Heidi, we've yeah, got... Yeah, and it's, and, no, it's by, and it's in D.C., so I was going to say it's in D.C., so there's a lot to do in that area if you want to get out away from the conference and take a break. There's a lot to do in D.C., so I'm looking forward to it. And it's a great sibling program, too, so it's a time to get your kids together. Uh, it's very helpful for a lot of these kids to come and get together with other brave kids, and they're going to go to the um, uh, spy museum, and, and all sorts of fun activities are planned for the kids, too. And uh, and they do all sorts of wonderful things to honor uh, their siblings who, who have passed on, so... Um, it's a great program. Well, Heidi, we've got a really interesting guest today, and uh, I think it's going to be a great show. You want to uh, talk a little bit about Ron? Sure. Um, Ron, it's interesting because Ron is somebody we've wanted to have on the show for over a year, and we were at a conference. Mom, remember Fire Island when we left Fire Island and went to the Bereavement Conference? Yeah, we were at uh, Bereaved Parents USA. Uh, July, over July 4th last year, right? Right, exactly. And, and we were at this conference for the day. We'd taken it like a ferry and gone over and we saw Ron's stuff, and we saw this, this whole brochure called The Zing and his stuff, and we, I picked it up, and it was so optimistic. And I'm like, okay, this guy looks like he's found hope despite amazing tragedy in his life. And 
I want to find him. And so I tried to find him at the conference, and I couldn't. And then I, I just put his stuff away, and I kept looking at it, but I never got back to him until recently. And I'm really excited that we touched base with him, Mom, and that we're having him on. Well, also, you, you kind of passed in the night, too, because you presented at that conference on Long Island, and he was the keynote there, right? Yes, that's the other thing. Exactly, and that just happened. I'd flown in from San Francisco the night before, so I decided to miss the keynote, not knowing it was Ron. Sorry, Ron. I, I would have I would have not missed it had I known it was Ron. <laughs> and I got to the conference right after the keynote, and I'm thinking, oh well, you know, it's a keynote, whatever. And then I find out Ron is a major speaker there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have wanted to meet this guy for so long. So uh, yeah, um, Ron is the author of a book called The Zing. And, and also tape, and, you know, he's got some tapes on relaxation, which are amazing, and then he's also got, he reads the zing, so you can get that, too. We'll talk to him about that. But, um, you know, one of the reasons Ron's on here with us is because uh, his of his journey and, and what he's come through, and he lost his uh, son, Michael Lewis, in 1998. We want to talk about that. And familiar, Heidi, um, Michael died in an automobile accident, so sounds like he was around the same age as Scott. So anyway, yeah, it does. Yeah. So and, and I love, I love all of uh, Ron hands out a packet to everybody, and I really love it because it has a lot of really neat things in it. Like you said, Mom, they're very healing. So I guess with that, we'll introduce Ron. Hi, Ron. Hi. How are you guys? Great. It's great to have you on the show today. I'm uh, excited about it. I was telling you before we went on the show that uh, my husband uh, was listening to your book with me yesterday, and. Uh, and we and he had a few questions he was coming up with. So before we get to those questions, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, and where you've come to be where you are, Ron. Well, for me, uh, July twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. You know, uh, I got the surprise news uh, that my son Michael was killed by a tractor trailer. I didn't have a chance to see him or or to comfort him or anything like that. I mean, it was just it, it's it's hard to explain. But when I when it, when I was told that. Uh, my son was, my oldest son was pounding on the counter in the kitchen. In fact, I was coming from a day that I was all excited about. I was finally having a wonderful day because uh, not too long prior to that, I lost my mother uh, out of nowhere. My mother passed away, and they, they still don't know what caused it. But, you know, I was finally having a decent day. Came home, and my son was pounding the counter, and Allison was standing, and she looked at me, and I'm looking at him, and I said to my son, there's nothing that could be that terrible. We could, you know, we could take care of anything. And she looked at me and said, you know, Michael was killed in an in a, in a auto accident, a tractor trailer. And this is your him. daughter that's saying this? No, this, this is a friend that was at my house. Oh, a friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, I looked at her. I'm right in front of me in my house are my steps to go up, upstairs to, to the rooms. I looked at my son. I looked at her. And I'm telling you the weirdest thing, like this, this strange, weird calm came over me. And I walked up the steps. And I lie down on my bed, and I just couldn't believe it. I just mm. didn't believe it. I'm sure many people have different stories and how they were affected, but I just couldn't believe it. Never, never thought it was him. My sister went uh, actually to the place that they brought Michael's body because I didn't believe it was him. I said, "Make sure, you know." And you know, you just, you just go. I was in total shock. And um, and then from that point, I have to be honest. I, I have, to, you know, the one word I have for it, I was. I was like not functional for quite a while. I mean, there was no real talking. I was got very depressed, and it, you know, and it took me a long time, a real long time, even with my other children around and family, and 
you know, and, and I was divorced. So, and, and, and Michael's mother is wonderful, just a wonderful person. And, uh, you know, I was so sad for her all as well. I mean, I don't know. I just had this feeling for her, how, how deep she was hurt. And, and, and it took a long time, you know, with all the love around me and everything that was there. It just took a long time. And, and I think for men, men, it's, it's a whole different, it's just a whole different world for men who go through a death, especially death of a child. It's just different for us. And, and you don't realize that until you go through it. And, and you treat it differently. You know, yeah. even though there are people mm. who have compassion and everything else, but you treat it much differently. Now, now, talk about that. Well, my husband, one of the things that he asked me about was, uh, were you working? What were you doing then? And, and how long did it take you to get back? And that, it was interesting to me that that was one of his questions for a guy. How long did it take you to get back on the horse or, you know, whatever? Well, well, uh, well I do want to be a cowboy, but I don't have any horses. But <laughs> that was good. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. What, what is your husband's name? Phil. Oh, Phil. Okay. Well, that's a great question Phil's asking because, honestly, that is how men think. And for me, what happened to me was um, it took me about three years, three, three and a half years to get myself going again. Because what happens, is, and, and I mean, in your psychology, you understand, uh, you and Heidi, that mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in, a, in me being in the psychotherapy field, it's, it's so many other things Michael triggered for me. See, when I lost Michael, I said, he took my life. My life was over. There was nothing I wanted to do. I just wanted to be dead. And now, for some odd reason, I guess I'm one of the few who have come through what I call the tunnel. I, I've come through this, and I feel like Michael gave me life. I see, mm-hmm. I see things so differently. So to answer your husband's question, it took me about, about three, three and a half years just to get myself going again. Now, what were, what were you doing as, uh, as work? As work, I, w- I had written... Uh, something called a parent's guide to a peaceful pregnancy. Uh, I had mm. one to help reduce stress and anxiety associated with childbirth for the expectant father and mother, and we used to do what's called the childbirth experience seminars. Okay, so now you were already a therapist. Yes, I, I, was, I, was, I was a therapist, but not, not doing private practice at that point. Mm-hmm. But not in private practice. Uh-huh. And who were you working for? I was in the business world working for a company called Guardian. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, an insurance company. Right. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was working with work, working with them, and that day, actually, the the president of the of the company of our division had had promoted me to start doing um, workshops and classes for all the uh, salespeople. Uh huh. So they so were bringing me up to to a pretty high level that day, and then that never happened because I never was able to go back. So, so, Ron, after your son died, did you continue to do these? It's kind of ironic. Your son dies, and you're doing workshops of, for parents that are expecting to bring a child into the world. Did you have to keep yeah. doing those workshops after your son died? No. No, the, I stopped. Okay, you I didn't do those there. anymore. No, I stopped okay. those, and, uh, you know, it, I just didn't feel myself. I'm telling you, it... Well, did, and, and, did Guardian give you time off? I mean, you see, my husband had his own business, and uh, he almost lost it. He said he was, um, uh, he, he said he was a walking, the walking dead for a year, and, and then one day he went to work and came back and said to me, you know, we're going to lose our business. He said it was like I woke up one day, a year later. Yeah, no, no, and no, there was nothing, you know, you know what, Gloria, there was nothing there. I, I didn't go back to anything. 
you know, yes, could there have been a a job waiting for me? Absolutely. How did you survive financially, though? Well, this this is where my story gets even thicker. I mean, I'm definitely a walking miracle, and I felt like your husband. I mean, what your husband's saying felt like a definite walking dead. Like, there was absolutely no emotion, and, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to make any of your audience feel a little bit negative on what I'm about to say, but if somebody, you know, put a shotgun and said, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you, I would have said, go ahead. Right. You know, I didn't want yeah. to take my life, but I could care less if mm-hmm. I lived. Right. Yeah, and we right. hear that a lot. I, I, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely in that place, Ron, after my brother died. Okay, so you understand, Heidi. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, I completely understand. You know, you want to join him. You don't want to die. I mean, you don't want to kill yourself, but you'd rather be there. I mean, somebody said... Uh, uh, from the Holocaust made a comment that struck my mind, which was, the pull of the grave is strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh it's, it's amazing. I don't know about, you know, if you've heard this before. I mean, I've heard it a couple of times, not that much, but, but when they were about to put my, bury, put my son's coffin down into the ground, I was, in my mind, manipulating my, positioning myself so I could jump in with them. Right. And, mm-hmm. and my, brother, my brother-in-law and my brother grabbed me in time, because they were watching me, I guess. I didn't think they were. I thought I was pretty smooth, you know, getting away from them. And, uh, and they didn't. I mean, it, it's just, it's so, anyone who has not gone through it would never understand what has happened to people like us. Right. They, and you, 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 cannot, oh, you cannot understand it. Or, or, Ron, they would pathologize normal grieving. They would say something weird about these people when it's actually normal to feel like you're in so much pain you don't want to go on anymore or you want to jump in with your son. It's normal. And they would think if they hadn't been through it that it might not, it's abnormal. Oh, exactly. Well, being we're in the psych field, I don't think anyone thinks we're normal anyway. (laughs) 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 You know, you know, know, I know this because I I work on a a team. I I worked on a team for eight years after 9-11 with families that had lost firefighters. And on the treatment team, I was one of the only ones that had my own loss. And oftentimes, some of the team members would say, you know, what they're doing is really strange or abnormal. And I would say, no, it's not. It's completely normal what they're doing. And I was kind of the voice of reality for a lot of people on the team because I'd been there. Wow. That, that must have been so. comforting to them. Yeah, people it was. It was yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Now, another thing my husband asked, he said, he said, you said you didn't sleep at all. He said, what did you do? I mean, did you use alcohol pills? You know, what did you do? No, you know, that's, let me tell you, Phil has some great questions because it's hitting right on. I, well, he's a um, guy. <laughs> you know? yeah. I said, give me, I said, I'm, give I'm, me I'm some questions. That, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that for you. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say to you was, uh, yeah, absolutely. What happened to me, I, did, I didn't drink or nothing like that. And, and finally, after a couple of months, I went to, to go out with a friend, and, and I really didn't want to, but I was going to go, and my sister called. Now, I have three sisters, and two of my sisters are also psychotherapists. And my sister, Teresa, says to me on the phone, I, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm about to go out with my, my buddy, Darren. And she goes, oh, okay, so yeah, I'll have a beer. She goes, no, don't have a drink. She, I would never forget that. It, somehow I heard her voice, and I wasn't hearing much then. I heard her say, do not have a drink, no matter what you do because you're going to get hooked in, and that, 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 and whatever. So I listened to her. So I never had a drink for, for years. Never had not, nothing to drink and went through the pain. Could not sleep, and your husband is 100% correct. I didn't sleep. I lost close to 45, 50 pounds, and I'm a fellow wow. who weighs probably, you know, I'm a workout type of guy, so I weigh maybe 180, so I dropped down to about 140. 
Wow. uh, Yeah. So all that kind of stuff. Yet, I maintain my family, my kids. I mean, a single guy, but my my two other children uh, had lived with me. And what I did was, you know, they lived there, and I took care of all of that, and and bills piled up, used credit cards, used all my 401K, went totally broke. Uh, The IRS came after me. They wanted penalties and interest and all kinds of stuff. And, oh, I mean, mean, you had to see it. I mean, you could not get, it was a joke story. Lost everything, went down. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when I, I don't, whatever, I just stood in the game. All of a sudden, things started turning around. I sold my house, paid some stuff off, but still owed a lot of money out. And I guess you guys probably heard the stories, politicians and all the people that say they're going to help. There's no one really out there too much that really helped in my situation. So, but I'm telling you, God turned it completely around. And where I am today, it's miraculous. It's a Job story. I have. So, so Ron, it sounds to... like you hit. So, Ron, it sounds like you hit rock bottom. Um, rock, at one yeah. point. Yeah, probably when maybe like ten rocks below rock bottom. <laughs> you know, like, like you know, I was uh, you know, it's rock, rock, rock. Okay, now I got it's one. Just, la- yeah. yeah, I got one last question for you from Phil. He wanted to know uh, what was there a turning point that you remember? Was there an event? What was the turning point? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering. What, how you got out of rock bottom? One of my one of my turning points was I used to read. I used to sit in front of my put. It, I used to put a lounge chair, a, a lounge chair in front of my house. There was a little tree. I used to look at the tree, and I used to bring books, and I used to read. I would read all different things. From I would read the scriptures, but I read them prior, too. They just didn't see much help at that point. But I had that there. I wrote, read uh, did, did Buddhism. Uh, I searched out Buddhism. I read The Power of Now. I read books from Don mm-hmm. Miguel Ruiz, Eckhart Tolle. I mean, all different. You know, Wayne Dyer. And would read, just keep reading and reading stuff for like 12, 14 hours a day. And then... Finally, I, was, I just was praying. I mean, I just couldn't get out of this thing no matter what. And out of nowhere, one morning, I, it hit me. I, I, was, I always had this scripture in my head to get through the eye of a needle. You have to get through the eye of a needle, which is, you know, right. getting through something like a trestle. And I felt I got through there. My son is looking at me. He's in the kitchen, my oldest son. And all of a sudden, I was like, I said, Ron. His name happens to be Ron. I said, Ron, I, I, I got it. I feel unbelievable. And and, mm. and and let me tell you, Gloria and Heidi, I wish, I wish, and I, I, people ask me when I speak in places, because they look at me and they, they say, boy, you have so much energy and alive. How did you do it? I wish I could give them the formula for them. But it mm-hmm. was just, all of a sudden, it just, it just came upon me. Like your husband mm. said, his words, right, about work. If I lose my business, I could lose my business, and it's something, something, something snap. Right, exactly. Something just turned for me, like miraculous, uh, and and then I sold my house and I moved out and I went to an apartment, thinking I was going to feel lousy going from my beautiful home to an apartment, and I started feeling better. And then wow. all of a sudden, the, the scale tipped. I started going up. My, uh, you know, my my practice started to. I went back into the business. Practice started to flourish, you know, one step at a time, and. I went. I have to tell you, over the over the five year period, I went from when I moved out of my house, I went into one apartment, then I went to a smaller one, and my oldest son said to my daughter, "Daddy's living in a shoebox." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I was happy. They thought I was going completely right. nuts. Like you know, he's happy in the you know in the shoebox, you know. And 
and now out of no, you know, now I can tell you, I mean, I'm so thankful every day. I have a beautiful home and a beautiful community, you know, doing extremely well financially, doing well in everything I do. And my only motive and goal every day is if I could touch a person and help a person, then I did a wonderful job. Ah, uh, Ron, that's wonderful. Ron, I love that. It is great. Well, tell I us. I love that. Yeah. And I, what? I just wanted Ron to tell us how, he, how people can get in touch with him. Oh, they get in touch with me uh, through, you know, ronvolano.com. Everything's on the website. Um, that's V-I-L-L-A-N-O. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, you know, or the name of the book is The Zing, Z, like zebra, I-N-G, thezing.com. You know, everything's on there. And, and you know, I have YouTubes. And now we're on your site even. I mean, they can read the new article that we had put out. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's on your site. Yep, Ron's writing for us. We're excited. Yeah, we got a couple of nice responses. It's, you know, they, they could get... They get in touch them in many ways. We have that. We have a, a radio show which is on tonight. You know, it's uh, from seven to eight. Internet I, radio. Okay. How, how do they access that? Uh, that's on blogtalkradio.com and then backslash Ron Volano. But if they go on my website. They can get me through through the website. Okay. It'll say listen to Ron on the radio and all the shows are archived. So if they miss the show, they can listen to one. But but my whole thing is about how to teach people how to celebrate life. And I understand there's grieving counseling out there. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm degreed in addiction counseling, in, uh, in licensed mental health and psychology. But I'm telling you, my big thing is celebrating, you know, bereavement coaching. I'd rather coach someone. You come to me today. You don't have to come back for three months if you don't need to. Right. And help them mm-hmm. get over the speed bumps of life. And, you know, there's just so many people out there. I know Gloria and Heidi, I know you know this, that are just someone sitting in their room right now. They can't get up. They can't get out like I used to be. And if, if my voice and my words ever hit a person like that, then I'm telling you, I feel, you, I can't tell you how wonderful I feel when I, when I, when I do that. So, so, Ron, like the, so, so, Ron, for the person out there that doesn't know how they're going to survive, that doesn't know how they're going to get out of bed, what would be your advice? They're early in their grief. What would be your advice Give for that person? Give us one last piece to end the show with. Yeah, well, my thing is, I say this, honor your loved one's life by living yours. There you have it. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being on the show, Ron, and we're going to look forward to having you on some more because we want to get some more information on men and grief. So loved having you on, and thanks so much, and uh, we hope we can meet you one of these days. I'd love it. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Ron. Well, Heidi, that was great having Ron Volano on the show, wasn't it? I loved it. I could have heard more. He's got so much great information, and I loved hearing his story of losing everything and still being content. I think that was such a good takeaway. And just the fact that he hit rock rock bottom and came back. And you know, the fact, yeah, that he, you know, did fail in his business or or move away from or whatever, and and was able to recoup the whole thing. And the fact that he now has such joy for life. I mean, talk about uh, finding hope after loss. And and he certainly was in the bottom of the pit. And I think the service thing is a key to a lot of things for all of us. It's wonderful to know that there are people uh, like Ron, who are out there helping others, don't you think? Absolutely, and I'm I'm a very I'm uh, you know agree with Ron when he says if you can touch one person every day, life is worth living. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yep. Well, we'll uh, tune in again next week for more with Dr. Heidi and Dr. Gloria of the Open to Hope Show. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com. 
along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.